Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your host. I'm Abby. And I'm Erica. Today I'm going to be telling you guys about the disappearance of Chance Engelbert. So grab yourself some coffee and let's dive in. (laughs) continue on with our content for this week's episode shortly but first we wanted to take a moment to let you know about an opportunity to listen to even more crime over coffee content by signing up for our patreon you can receive ad-free episodes and additional content to check out this opportunity and sign up for the crime over coffee patreon visit www.patreon.com slash crime over coffee pod thank you again for all of your support in 2019 chance engelbert was a 25 year old who had just recently got a new job at a propane company in Moorcroft, Wyoming. He was a husband and a father at this time. He had just gotten married to a woman named Bailey in 2018. And by the time of our story in 2019, they had had one baby boy that they named Banks. In July of 2019, Chance and Bailey went to Bailey's hometown in Gary, Nebraska to visit family and spend the 4th of July weekend there. On July 6, 2019, Chance goes golfing with Bailey's family and his in-laws, and everything seems to be going okay. However, towards the end of their golfing trip, Chance ends up calling Bailey and telling her that he's really upset because one of her family members made a rude comment about his job, for whatever reason made him really angry. And so he asks Bailey to come pick him up from the golf course, like he just wants to be done golfing. I don't know what the comment was. I didn't see that anywhere. But for whatever reason, it upset Chance enough that he really wanted to just leave. So Bailey says, "Okay, I'll come and pick you up. And she goes and gets him and then takes him back to her grandparents' house. Around 7.30 p.m. is when they get back there. And Bailey and Chance end up getting into an argument on the drive back to her grandparents' house. From what I understand, Chance is basically just mad that they're continuing to stay with her family for the weekend after what had just happened. And so... He ends up, as soon as they get back to her grandparents' house, he just gets out of the car and is like, I'm going for a walk, which Bailey wasn't concerned about because that was what Chance would usually do if he needed to cool down, if he was frustrated. He would just go out on a walk by himself. However, as the night goes on, Bailey gets a lot more concerned about Chance because he's not coming back home. So around 745, which isn't long after... Chance and Bailey had got back to her grandparents' house. He ends up calling his best friend, Matt Miller, and says, hey, can you come and pick me up? Chance says that he needs a ride back home to Moorcroft. Like, he wants to just go all the way home. And Matt is like, well, I that's a four-hour drive from where you're at currently. And I'm currently at a 4th of July party. And Chance is like, okay, well, I'm going to keep walking from where I'm at in Gary, Nebraska, to Torrington, Wyoming. which was only about 35 miles apart because they're both at like the border. So he was just going to like walk that way and hope for Matt to be able to come and pick him up. But because Matt's busy, Matt's like, give me like five or 10 minutes. I'm going to call some people. I'm going to see if I can find you a ride. And if I can't find anybody to come and get you, I'll end up leaving the party and I'll come and get you because it seems like something's actually going on. That's just kind of bizarre. (laughs) 
you know, like you said, it's only 35 miles, but he's walking and he's just going to walk in hopes that even if he stayed out walking by the time his friend gets there, it's four hours. It just seems that seems so bizarre to me. Yeah, it seems really strange, but he I think that was he was just so mad that he just didn't know what else to do. So he just continued to walk and. It makes sense to me that he wouldn't have taken like the vehicle that him and Bailey had there because then that would have been leaving Bailey and his son alone without a car. And so I, I like that makes sense to me. But he was so angry that he just needed to keep walking. I would have more expected him to, you know, maybe find a hotel or like a restaurant yeah. or something to go like <laughs> hang out in until somebody can come and get him. But that's not what he did. And he just continued to walk as far as we know towards Torrington. At 7.46 that night, Chance calls Bailey, and as he's talking with her, he tells her that he's walking south, and she isn't that worried at the moment. I don't know a whole lot about that conversation. I'm assuming that she probably was, like, asking just, you know, to find out where he is, just to make sure he was still safe. But after they get off this call, he ends up calling more friends, asking them if they'll come give him a ride. Which, if you remember, Matt's also calling friends. So, like, there's a bunch of people calling people, like, calling around just to see if anybody will go get yeah. Chance and drive him a four-hour trip. As Chance is calling his friends, though, he is telling them the opposite of what he told Bailey. And he's telling them that he's actually walking north in a ditch towards Torrington instead of what he told Bailey, which was that he was walking south. Odd behavior. It's really odd. Especially, like, he told Matt the same thing, that he was walking towards... Torrington. So that seems to be the most reasonable thought process is that that's actually where he's going because these are the people that he's calling to ask for rides. Do we have any indication on whether or not he's like drunk or had been drinking at all? So honestly, I don't see anything about that. He was of drinking age, so it's possible. He was also at a golf course and that's a very common activity to happen at a golf course. (laughs) Yeah. But which I guess could also explain why he chose not to drive himself if he was. But that's not anything that I saw. Like I said, he's asking all of his friends for rides, but ultimately none of his friends are able to come and give him a ride. Around 749 that evening, Chase is seen by witnesses walking past a Domino's pizza and Garing, and they reported him to be walking north, which is once again, what he had been telling his friends. Then at 751, he's also seen on another surveillance camera in Garing, walking past a business, continuing to walk north. So it seems pretty consistent at this point with what he's telling his friends and then the surveillance cameras that he's definitely going north at this point and not south. It's unknown why he would have lied to Bailey about which direction he was going, unless it was just so that Bailey wouldn't necessarily be able to find him. But I, I don't know what else the reason would be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense unless he just accidentally misspoke that time he was on the phone with her. Which is, I guess, possible. I'm terrible at directions. And so if somebody told me that they were going one way or the other, I may not properly remember that. But I, I'm not saying anything about Bailey. Maybe she knew exactly what he was talking about. That evening then, around nine o'clock. So this is about an hour and a half since Chance started walking away from the car that a strong thunderstorm rolls through town. Bailey's grandfather goes out and starts searching for him. He's driving around town like Chance has to be somewhere. They're thinking that he may have ended up like seeking shelter because the storm was so bad, but they don't find him at all. There is 
A couple other things that happened that evening that kind of sort of point to maybe where he was around this time. So Matt, his friend, was the last person to talk with Chance one-on-one around 846. And I believe it was a phone call. And I don't know if it was Matt just checking in or if it was Matt asking, you know, like, where are you at? Or are you come? Do you still need a ride? Or like, just, I don't know exactly what that conversation was, but a little after nine o'clock, Chance's aunt receives a text message from him, but it's not a text message that makes any sense. Apparently it consisted of random numbers and emojis. And that was it. Huh. Like almost like it was an accidental message. Either accidental or like to me, it makes more sense for accidental. But one thing that was reported was that Chance never used emojis when he was texting. So there was speculation as to whether or not he had sent the message himself or if somebody else had. I almost feel more like it was probably just like an accidental, like it was in his pocket. (laughs) He like typed a bunch of stuff on accident. Usually you think of someone sending a message that's not him it's like to hide something and it wouldn't be that <laughs> yeah no it wouldn't wouldn't be in something be more that's like hey more i'm okay i'll talk to you tomorrow <clears throat> or something you would think yeah so shortly after that his phone either dies or it's turned off because they could try to call him they can't get a hold of him when they look into his cell phone records they see that his phone was last ping near a tower that was close to the Western Travel Terminal sometime between 9 and 10 o'clock at night. And then around 10 o'clock, he's seen on a security camera again walking past some businesses in Garing and an apartment in Terrytown, which are all like right there together. And how far away are those from his house? Garing is where her family lived. Oh, okay. So not far. No, not far at all. The next morning, Chance still isn't home. So his family's like, okay, we need to get police involved because he's not answering our phone calls. This is very much unlike him. Like the fact that he went to cool off on his own on a walk, that was normal, but not coming home. He's never done that. So his family calls police officers and local law enforcement and they immediately launch an investigation. And it was a big investigation as well, a big search. So there were at least 18 different agencies, over 147 people involved. They searched over 2,400 acres of land, over 380 miles of air. They also brought in some canine teams and searched over 10 bodies of water that were in the area. And over time, they ended up search- or draining one of the canals in that area as well to further search it. Like, this is one of the most intense searches we've seen for an adult that went missing yeah, within less than 24 hours time. ago. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Which, obviously, the search takes place over multiple days and things. But still, they, they like, quickly launched this investigation. And they're like, we got to get after this. We got to find him. Unfortunately, even though they did all of this searching and looking, they ended up finding nothing. There was no indication of the fact that Chance had even been in that area other than the fact that he'd been seen on some different security cameras. But they didn't find anything of his and they didn't find him. Over the next many months, there's obviously lots of reported sightings of him in Wyoming and Nebraska. Um, A couple of the more known ones on July 11th, 
there were some people that had called in and said that Chance was walking along the I-25 in Casper, Wyoming and trying to get somebody to stop so that he could hitchhike. When police got this call, they immediately like went out to the road and started driving up and down it to see if they could find him. But they weren't able to find anyone on this road hitchhiking by the time they got out there. So if it was him, then he or even if it wasn't him, whoever it was that was hitchhiking most likely did get a ride from somebody mm-hmm. and ended up not on that road anymore by the time police got there. If that is the case, nobody ever came forward and said that they gave him a ride. Which, I mean, if especially if it's a trucker that's not, you know, local to that area, they would have maybe never even heard about this disappearance. Yes. There was also a reported sighting on July 12th with a woman in Casper, Wyoming, who said that she had an interaction with him at a Walmart in the area. So police immediately follow this and they're like, okay. And so they went and they talked with her and they ended up looking through six hours of surveillance footage from this Walmart to try to around the time that like he was supposedly there to try to confirm it. But they were not able to confirm it at all. Later that month, there is a $10,000 reward that ends up being offered for any information regarding Chance's disappearance. So in October of 2021, there was a hiker that was out near the North Platte River in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. And they ended up discovering a human arm bone. And so police were like, does this possibly belong to Chance? And they did initial DNA testing on it, but it came back with nothing. And so they sent it to another lab. And from what I can see, the results still to this day, when we're recording this in December of 2022, are still pending. I've heard of them taking a long time, but... And I wonder if there's like levels and intricacies to that, depending on how hard it is to gather DNA. If any results came back, it obviously didn't point to chance because we would have seen it. So there's either no results back from the DNA testing or they got the results back and it's not all related to chance. Sure. Or maybe it's inconclusive. They did say that there was a piece of fabric with the bone that did not match the description of what chance was wearing when he was last seen. So it's mostly unlikely that it's not him, but they wanted to make sure before they ruled it out completely. His family and friends truly don't believe that he would have ever left on his own accord because he would have been leaving his wife and his kid behind. And that just wasn't the kind of person that he was. The lead investigator, Brian Eads, said that currently there are no persons of interest and they're still continuing to receive tips and still trying to investigate all of them. They don't have any evidence of foul play, but because he never came back home, they believe that something probably did happen. And so they like they can't officially rule out foul play. Something that I saw that police possibly think is maybe it was a robbery had gone wrong. And so like if he had been walking along, especially like hitchhiking is so dangerous. If that was him hitchhiking, it's it's not only dangerous for whoever's picking up the hitchhiker, but it's also dangerous for the hitchhiker. I feel that that might be plausible because he seemed pretty desperate to leave, to like get back home. You know, he was willing to keep walking without the insurance of even getting picked up by a friend. And he was willing to wait four hours for a friend to come get him. So it it wouldn't be that surprising to me if he was trying to get it, like to hitchhike and get a ride somewhere. He was pretty persistent that he needed to be back in Wyoming and to get out of Nebraska. Chance's family is still 
actively searching for him. I mean, it's only been three years since he went missing. So of course they're still going to actively be looking for him and they're still actively wanting answers. There is a Facebook page that his family made regarding his disappearance. And I know that they're sharing other people's disappearances as well, trying to get the word out there. And honestly, I think they're just looking for answers at this point as to what happened to Chance after he left. On December 2nd of 2022, so recently, his grandmother on his mother's side wanted to celebrate Chance's 29th birthday. And so the way that she wanted to do that, though, was to increase that $10,000 reward. And so she donated $200,000 to the reward fund. Hot damn. So the reward is currently $220,000 for any information regarding his disappearance and leading to answers. You know, I wonder how often, and I can't think of one off the top of my head, but like if it's ever happened that somebody who was like involved with someone's disappearance or something, like gave enough information for them to be found to get a reward, but like not enough to link it back to them. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever happened. So his his grandmother, Linda Klunder, I don't think I said her name yet, um, said that her donation came because she had received or inherited some money after one of her family members had died. And so her husband was like, buy whatever you want with this. And Linda's like, the only thing I want is answers on chance and what happened to him. And the one thing that I found interesting about this reward that I've not heard of before, but going off of what you said. So the, the reward is only available for one year. So December 2nd, 2023, Chance's 30th birthday, the reward will expire. And mm. so if people don't come forward by before then, they don't get it. And they did this with the hopes that somebody would come forward sooner rather than later. Yeah. I Like, I think it puts some pressure on people. So I, I am curious because this is, you know, from the date that we're recording this, this is less than a month ago that this reward became, like, came out there. So I'm genuinely curious if having that expiration date on there is going to make it so that somebody does want to come forward with some sort of information, whether or not it's like enough information to get the reward, but not point to them. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case or if if a driver does come forward and say, yeah, I did pick somebody up on the I-25 that day that looked like him. And this is what like where I took him and I dropped him off here. And, you know, if they have any sort of information like that would be so helpful. But I I've never heard of the expiration on the reward. Yeah. I wonder if there's like uh, and you know, depending on who's offering the reward to like the family, obviously at any point, just be like, no, but I wonder if it's coming through different agencies. They probably do have some type of timestamp on it because that money in theory could be reallocated to something else. If it feels like, like there's cases that never get solved or that are 30 years old or 40 years old. So like at some point that money is not being used in this, it's the same as, you know, in my head when they finally get to a point where they're like, where they issue like a death certificate because it's been so long. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's part of it too. There is that timeline on it, but mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if this short expiration date hopefully brings some answers to the family. So at the time of his disappearance, Chance was 25 years old. He was a white male with a medium build who was about five foot nine inches tall with brown hair and hazel eyes. When he was last seen, he was wearing a short sleeve button down Wrangler shirt, Wrangler blue jeans, roper boots, and black and white trucker style ball cap. If you have any information regarding his disappearance or where he could be, you can contact the Garing Police Department at 
1-800-273-5088. You can also contact private investigator Amanda Waldron at 307-797-0363. Thanks to listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. All of our sources can be found in the show notes for each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also support us by recommending us to friends and family, giving us a good review on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.